And I kind of realized that the, sar- that the sarcasm was a defense mechanism for a lot of things that have happened in my life and people that have done me kind of wrong. So I just kind of let it all go over the last three years and was like, you know, like I said, I'm just going to be me. Like, what's me behind the wall, behind all the defense mechanisms? And it's like amazing, you know? So I just try to encourage people to do the same. Welcome back to the Leading Lights podcast. My name is Somia. My name is Hema, and today we have voice actor Gina Scarpa on. So before we get started, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. So um, I grew up doing theater, and my parents have been married for almost 50 years, and they directed all the way up until their retirement in 2019. So I basically like had no choice, <laughs> just had to do theater when I was growing up, which I did like, but I always had a little bit of stage fright and kind of anxiety in front of a crowd. So when I graduated from high school, I found radio. There was an ad that they were looking for radio DJs and I made a tape and sent it off to the station and uh, a station in Connecticut ended up taking me on as an intern. So after college classes on Friday. I would go over to the station and I would learn everything I could about being a DJ. And within six months, I was on the air and I was on the air for almost 10 years in Connecticut and New York. Then I did entertainment reporting and podcasting for a while. And in 2014, I found voiceover. I went full time in 2020. And yeah, now this is what I do professionally. And I absolutely love it. Um. So it seems like you were always kind of predisposed to this whole like industry of entertainment. Was there ever a point where you like knew for sure that you wanted to get into like, you know, this whole journey of uh, being on the radio or being a radio MC or like doing voice acting? Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is always what I wanted to do. Even when I was little, like we would go to my grandfather's house on Sundays and I would just make fake radio plays in the basement. Like I would just record myself. Like, I feel like it's always what I wanted to do. But there were other things kind of going on throughout my life that pulled me in different directions. So we had a family business and I really enjoyed doing that and working with my family, but that took up a lot of my time and energy. I had my son straight out of high school, so I was actually 18 when he was born. So I was a very young teen mom. That obviously affected what I could and couldn't do, and I wanted to focus on being a good mom. And then I also would try to, you know, kind of pay my bills and make ends meet by working in corporate jobs and offices. So I did a lot of things in my life and it took me all the way until I turned 40 to finally say, like, it's my life and I want to do this, even though it's always been like you kind of said, it's been like it predisposed in me to be this. Um, It just took me a long time to really stand up for what I wanted to do and actually have the courage to pursue it. So I love talking about it with people, especially young people, because I wish I had started sooner or just done exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah, I think it's really cool how you mentioned how your family was really into the entertainment industry as well. Um, What was, I know, like, voice acting is not a profession that we hear about very often, even though it's in our daily lives, so in so many ways that we don't even recognize. So what would you say the reaction was, like, from your family and other people when you told them you were going to pursue voice acting full time? 
Well, honestly, I think the nicest thing about my family, which I know not everybody can say, but they're just incredibly supportive. So anytime I wanted to do something else, they always backed me 100%. And actually, the reason that I ended up going full-time and professional in voiceover is because my sister encouraged me to. So she lives in New York City, and she is an equity stage actor. So she does theater, musical theater. And she had taken a class during the pandemic about voiceover and I was really struggling financially because I owned a business that had been shut down. And so she texted me or called me and said, hey, I took this class and I feel like you should really do it. And I was like, OK, so <laughs> I just kind of threw myself into voiceover fully. And my parents and my son and my sister, like everybody was so supportive. Um, I feel like the people around me were pretty um, supportive, too. Like I had done theater for such a long time, and I feel like that's kind of what I was known for. And I eventually made the decision to leave theater behind, A, because I really wanted to pursue voiceover, and B, because in 2021, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune liver disease, and I just didn't have the energy that I used to. And the reaction from the kids and the parents was actually so nice. I mean, it was incredibly hard to stop working with kids, but I still coach some of them um, in voiceover, and I coach a lot of professional kids around the country, too. So I kind of found a way to still do that. I think taking that like leap into moving on from something that you're you've been so comfortable with for all of your life and trying something new and putting all your faith in that that takes a lot of courage. How did it feel like how how what was the difference between like what you were doing before? I know you said you also did some corporate jobs. Yeah. Um um with like what you're doing now and how does that affect like your time with your family and your time in the professional environment? That's actually a really good question. I mean, I think that one of the keys to my success, at least in the creative field, was not being afraid to go after certain things so that radio, entertainment, TV reporting, podcasting, and then voiceover. I was never really afraid to do it. I was just, I think with voiceover, maybe like you and a lot of people listening, like I just didn't know how to do it fully. And I was kind of afraid to pursue those options. Um, but now i I feel way more comfortable with myself. I feel a lot happier that I finally am doing what I I feel like I'm good at, but I, it also makes me happy. And in corporate jobs, I was good at those things too, I think, but I just, I didn't feel happy. So I, I think like a, like teens or college students can kind of relate to that. Like there are things that you're you're good at. Like you could be a great teacher or a great doctor or whatever, but it's like, if it doesn't make you happy and it doesn't bring you passion, then it may not be the right fit for you. So I'm glad that I finally made that decision to just do what my heart was telling me to do. I think that's really inspiring to see because a lot of the time we're told, like, just do whatever is going to get you money, like do what's safe. But being able to take that jump into doing something that you really love is difficult. So, uh, very difficult. Go ahead. <laughs> so how would you say that voice acting has become a creative outlet for you? And you mentioned like, um, you had to learn how to enter that field because there's such a lack of awareness of it. What was your education like going into the field? So when I first started doing voiceover, I really didn't know how to do it, but someone told me, this is back in 2014, that you could just do voiceover on a site like Fiverr.com or Upwork, which are freelance sites. So that's what I was doing, but I didn't know anything about the 
professional world of voiceover, like agents or booking national commercials or video games. Like I just had no idea. So the first thing I did was I started taking classes online um, through studios in New York specifically. Even I'm in Connecticut. So I started taking classes with like agents and casting directors and learning everything I could about this professional world of voiceover. Then I branched out and started taking classes online with people in LA and in Texas. And you know, all the while I was trying to learn as I went along, I did one-on-one -on -one coaching as well so that I could get good feedback and kind of understand, like, how do you even do this? Because when you're trying to figure out voiceover, you were saying earlier, like, it's all around you, but you don't even know how, like, how did, how does someone get on the radio or how do you get into that anime or, you know? So I really had no idea. Um, and as I went along, I kept getting good feedback and I started to feel more confident. I started putting more auditions out there. And then the first big job that I booked was with L'Oreal and it was a video for their YouTube channel about how to dye your hair at home. But that turned into 10 videos with them. And then I ended up signing with an agent and then my first national commercial. And it all happened within like six months. Like it was really crazy, but it really started with education and it doesn't need to look like a traditional education, like going to college and, you know, going into debt, getting your degree or whatever. It can be like taking classes with respected, you know, studios and learning about voiceover in that way. I, I always recommend that to people first because you want to know even if you like it and if you're good at it or if there's the potential for you to be good at it. And I know you said you also teach mm -hmm. others on voiceover. Is that... um? Is that a like different kind of experience? Like I know going for as going from being a student to teaching mm -hmm. um that whole the whole concept. How how does that like change your pers perspective on the entire like your career as a voice actor? Yeah, it was it was interesting to switch over to being um a coach. I mean, I had a lot of teaching experience and directing experience for like 20 years. And in Connecticut, I won awards for it. So I, I'm very comfortable working with people. What I hadn't worked a lot with, though, were adults. I had spent so much time working with kids and teens and college students that it was a very new experience working with adults. Um, But they've been so wonderful to me. And really, my goal in coaching was that when I first joined the voiceover industry, like I said, the professional world, I didn't know a lot. And I, I, I wanted someone to guide me and I had a mentor who helped me so much. And so I wanted to kind of be that resource to people and help them so that it didn't feel like this kind of faraway dream that they couldn't really do. Like voiceover is actually more accessible than you might realize if you know how to do it, you know, and go about it. So that's kind of why I got into coaching. And I actually think that being a coach made me a better voice actor because I was listening to people like, you know, what their take was on a script or how they would read something. And then I would give them feedback. But it made me think about scripts like in a deeper way as well. And I think that helped me be a better actor. And I know you mentioned that you've been working, you, that you have worked for a lot of different companies mm -hmm. and different fields. So how would you say that your work and experience changes based on the company that you're recording for? And like what goes into a typical recording session for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, you know, the thing about voiceover, I think a lot of people think about, oh, do I have a good voice for voiceover or do I have a bad voice? And But it that really doesn't have anything to do with that. It's really about like being authentic and being real, being very convincing in whether it's a commercial, a video game character, animation, even e-learning, you know, things like that. You just want to sound like a real person, not like AI and not like an announcer. So my approach actually like having a lot of life experience was actually very, I think, helpful to me because 
I sort of realized that I kind of bring it all into the booth, like the good things that have happened in my, my in my life, the bad, the ugly, like it's all in here. And I just need to be a real authentic version of myself. So um, I think that's been very helpful to have a lot of different experiences. And then um, also when you're actually recording, there's kind of two ways you can go about it when you're doing a recording session. A lot of times we record on our own and it's just a self-directed session, meaning I do everything myself. But there's other times when we do a directed session and we're actually on a Zoom call or we use other programs. We use like Google, me or Microsoft Teams. And there's another program called Source Connect that we use where we actually have, it might be the client itself. It might be an engineer, a producer. It might be multiple people. And they're on the line directing us as well. So you kind of have to be able to be independent as a voice actor, but you also need to be able to take direction really well. So you need to kind of have that balance. And I think that working on my own sometimes throughout my life and working for companies actually really helped me because I try very hard to be collaborative when I'm in a recording session. I think it's really interesting that you bring up like all these little things that you need to make sure you have going into a voice at, uh, like a directing directed session. Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, um, the reason I say that is because with like actors that are on like screen or on stage, mm -hmm. I know like there's always that doubt of like, do I, am I good enough? Do I look good enough? Am I, mm -hmm. do I have the capability of like, projecting a certain image how does that kind of translate into voice acting because I know like you're not on screen but your voice is there how does yeah. that like is there still that kind of struggle uh, like a mental struggle with that kind of aspect oh my gosh yeah and almost I mean in one way it's good because you know when you're doing theater or on camera you're right you have to worry about what you look like do you are you the right height the white the right weight are you the right you know everything it's like you have to think about all of that and so that there's like all these other factors besides your talent that sometimes come into play whereas in voiceover it's just your voice but that can be challenging too because there's nothing else to go off of so I always tell people like you want to use full body commitment when you're speaking so when I'm recording voiceover I do like a lot of facial expressions and hand gestures. I'm also Italian, so I talk with my hands a lot. But like I used to just sit at the microphone like super still and people would say, you kind of sound like Siri or Alexa. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's so bad because you're trying to sound like a real person. So I found that when I started almost treating voiceover as if I was on camera or if I, as if I was on stage, like as if you could see me talking, it actually helped bring out my personality a lot more. Like I felt a lot freer. And in the beginning, I definitely second guessed myself a lot. But now my attitude is just kind of like, this is what I sound like. And if I'm right for the project, great. And if I'm not, that's totally fine. But I'm going to just do it like me, like the way I think, it, you know, the way I think it authentically should sound. And having that kind of unique perspective and personality has really helped me as well, because I'm not trying to be what I think everybody else wants me to be. And I know you mentioned at the beginning as well, um, you had to work with corporate jobs and you had to work multiple jobs at the beginning. How mm -hmm. financially dependent would you say voice acting is as a field? Because I think we don't hear much about that. Yeah, I mean, that's a really, really great point. And I really did have to work multiple jobs to make ends meet, you know, as a mom. And it was it was not always easy. And there were times when I needed to put that responsibility first of working in a corporate job that would I know would give me a regular paycheck over what my passion or what I what I would have liked to have been doing. Um, not that I even have any bitter feelings about it. It's just that's the way that life, you know, was. 
voiceover as a career, the interesting thing about it is the ceiling of how high you could go with it is incredibly high. I mean, there are people that make half a million dollars or more and they work from home as a voice actor, like in, you know, in their closets or in their little studios at home. And when I found that out, I almost fell off my chair. Like I had no idea. I was like, well, I'm sorry, how much money are people making? Like I didn't even know. But the majority of people, especially in the beginning, they really struggle. You know, we did a survey. There's actually a website called voiceoversurvey.com. And you can read a survey of all different statistics about voice actors. And I believe it was in 2020. Like, I don't even know how much it was, you know, 50% or something. You know, they're only making like $8,000 or up to $20,000. It can be very difficult in the beginning. But what happens a lot of times is people kind of get demotivated because it's it can be very hard and they walk away before they really hit their success. There's like a meme that shows like in Minecraft, <laughs> like somebody uh, mining underground and the diamond is like right on the other side of the wall, but they give up and walk away. And that's what happens. Minecraft reference. <laughs> I like love video games so much, but that's kind of what happens in voiceover sometimes is people either get pulled in different directions. They give up. They assume that they can't make it. And it's like that perseverance that can help, you know, you do that. So in three years of going full time, it's been less than three years, actually. I built my career up to being a six figure income. And that is more than I've ever made. <laughs> I've been like poor my whole life. So um, to get to a point where I don't feel like I'm necessarily struggling as much, um, even just that has been such a relief. But it has been an absolute hustle the whole time. It, it doesn't come easy. And I just feel like I kind of have that drive and I'm. I don't know, even even when I reach like a goal, I'm like, okay, like what's next? <laughs> and I'm just trying to reach like the next milestone. So the potential is huge. But if you're willing to put in the work, you know, I think that it's totally possible for someone to be able to be successful at voiceover. I think for like careers that, again, are like less unheard of, a lot of the time, the the hustle, as you mentioned, like it just doesn't feel like it's going to be fruitful just because we mm -hmm. don't hear a lot of people talking about it but just like with anything like you put the effort in you can get like you know the results and it can be really good and I it's crazy that voiceover acting has so much potential and we don't know right we don't know about it um but I know you mentioned that um some people work from home like completely work from home yeah me I work totally from home Every day. I've never even been into a studio like in the city. I work totally from home. My dogs are sleeping on the floor. I'm wearing sweatpants. That's great. <laughs> um, how does that like, how does that streamline your work? And mm -hmm. what was your experience creating a broadcast quality home studio? And how does that kind of, how does the whole like working from home compared to like your other previous jobs that might have demanded more of your time? Yeah, I mean, working from home definitely has its pros and cons. For me, it's like all pros. Like, I love working from home. It's great. And I feel like um, having the autoimmune disease and then kind of struggling with anxiety my whole life, like, it, to, to me, like, I'm so much more comfortable being home. So it works out super well for me. Some people really miss, like, you know, kind of the social aspect of working with other people, of going into a studio or go even going to a class in person. But I kind of feel comfortable just, like, living virtually <laughs> and, like, meeting with people online that way um my broadcast quality studio actually just started in my closet a closet is great for recording by the way because your clothes like naturally absorb sound and stuff so um what you don't want to do is like kind of record oftentimes for voiceover like in an open room where the sound can kind of bounce around it can sound kind of echoey so 
I set up in my closet for a long time. It sounded great. And I recorded so many things in my closet, like national TV commercials and video games and stuff. Um, then I moved in the end of last year and the apartment I live in doesn't really have closet space and it does, but I would look ridiculous, like crammed in it. So I actually bought a professional booth and had the company come up from Maryland and set it up for me. So it's only three feet by three feet. It's small. It gets hot. Uh, but I spend so much time in here. Um, and then working from home, I feel like I'm able to accomplish a lot more because I don't have to factor in travel. But the downside is that I feel like I'm always working. And sometimes I have to remind myself to stop and take a break. Like sometimes I'll be recording at like midnight and my sister texts me like, what are you doing? I tell her and she yells at me. She's like, go to bed. Like it's midnight. I'm like, I can, there's a good audition to do. So it definitely has its pros and cons, but overall, I really like working from home and most voice actors can work from home and never have to travel anywhere. Um, I know you mentioned how it's a lot more convenient to work at home. And I know like with onstage acting or um, production, it can be more convenient for certain people to live in certain areas across the country. It's just yeah. opportunities. Would you say that the same principle applies to voice acting or is it a little more lenient with um, location since a lot of it can be done virtually? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, you know, being in New York or L.A. for certain things can be very helpful. Even Texas has like a pretty big like anime dubbing scene going on there. L.A. like really known for like obviously commercials, but definitely like video games and animation. So yes, it can be helpful, but I mean, you could live and that's the one of the few nice things about the pandemic <laughs> is that it opened up the doors for so many voice actors across the country. So like people who lived in the middle of the country, who lived in very remote areas that it probably felt like a totally impossible dream suddenly like voiceover totally adapted super quickly and was like hey we could do this completely virtually and remotely and so many people got opportunities so I know people who live like I said in the middle of the country but they have agents in New York or LA and they record all kinds of amazing projects and so there's definitely more opportunity than ever and however much opportunity you might think there is in voiceover it's like there's infinitely more there's so much work and so much opportunity out there because like you were saying in the beginning it's all around you all the time. It's like on the radio or Spotify, it's TV, it's video games, it's e-learning, it's audiobooks. It's when you're walking through a store and you hear, you know, in-store narration, there's so, when you call a company, like there's so much work and so much of it can be done from home. So I feel really lucky to do what I do. And I like to let people know that it's, you know, you don't have to live in a big city to be able to do this and do it extremely successfully. Um, given that you kind of like your work is kind of located in your own home, mm -hmm. does it ever, how does the community of voice actors look like? What does, how does that work? Do you guys, like, what are the, like, how do you even know people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. How do you know people? That That's a great question. I met a lot of people early on through doing an online conference called Evocation, which is my favorite conference. I love it so much. And it, I credit it so much with the success that I have today. Um, and so we would like go to online classes, everybody on Zoom. It was in 2020, so we were really not meeting in person. But then we would have like breakout rooms and people would just kind of hang out at night. And then people would start to request each other on like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And there are Facebook groups. And so I just started to get to know people. And like a lot of my best friends in voiceover, I've never even met in person. In fact, I've really only met like three voice actors in person, which is crazy to say. Um, 
like three of them ended up coming to Connecticut and visiting me, which was awesome. And I was like, oh my God, people. But, um, but yeah, usually I meet people through like, you know, a lot of people through honestly, like Twitter, everyone is so nice to me on Twitter. It's like weird, <laughs> like how nice people are, but like TikTok, like Discord. I mean, it's just, you kind of find ways to find other voice actors, but the voice acting community overall as a whole is incredibly supportive. I used to find in theater sometimes that it was like a little bit more competitive because, you know, like when you're doing a play, like only one person can play the lead. And so some people get very dramatic when they don't get the part that they want. And it's like, oh my gosh, like sometimes it would bum me out because I'm like, I'm not trying to upset anybody and I don't want any drama. But I would find most of the time in voiceover, like because of the large amount of work, most people are just happy for you and just want to support you along the way. So it's one of actually the best parts of voiceover has been how nice people are to me. Like it's honestly been very life changing and one of the best parts of doing this. Yeah, I think that's really uh, crucial to have like a supporting community around you because it helps you and your peers grow and evolve in your career. And one of the questions I had was in any field, like the careers and opportunities are always changing and evolving. How would you say your experience and your work has changed from when you started to now and where you think the industry, how else it's going to change into the future? Yeah, I mean, when I first started in voiceover, like I was voicing a lot of what they call non-broadcast stuff. So things, things that were not like commercials or, you know, even public. So it'd be like, little explainer videos or some e-learning projects like that's kind of where I started and then now you know now three years into being full-time and professional like a lot of my work is like online it's a lot of commercials you can see video games you can play which has been awesome and things like that so for me like it's changed quite a bit but one thing that hasn't changed is that in voiceover like I was saying earlier it's really about being like authentic and conversational and believable and real and I think that it will kind of continue to obviously it will continue to go that way but with the rise of like AI technology there's kind of going to be like two camps of people there's the people that embrace that AI technology or don't don't mind it necessarily and then there's people who will still like want that human connection and that's kind of the side that I sit on you know I obviously don't want to see AI like replacing creative jobs and things like that so so I think like the need to be even more authentic and more real will continue there's also like a lot of trends in marketing that people want brands to feel like human beings like that you understand like kind of what you want or what you're looking for in life and that brands can speak to that so it's just another reason to use you know, very real voice actors, you know, in commercials and things like that as well. So um, I also see a lot of a lot more diversity over the years, so much more, so much more opportunity than there used to be, which is great. So much more authentic casting um, and trying to tell authentic stories. So there's a lot of changes in the industry. And my goal is always to just kind of roll with it and adapt and just kind of stay relevant <laughs> and stay like kind of top of mind with with clients, agents, casting directors and things like that. But those are the main things that I see for voiceover. I think we a lot of us don't realize how important authenticity has like played a role in like making people more inclined towards certain like ideas or products and um it's a lot more refreshing to hear human voices like yours <laughs> than actually coming into this podcast I was like telling him I was like I wonder if she's like gonna sound like a little you know less yeah. human because of the voice acting but like <laughs> obviously it's nothing like that I was kind of yeah like, no 
but like it's it's a lot more refreshing to hear like a voice like yours over um an AI produced um kind of version of those commercials or even on social media, you have like, you know, the TikTok AI voice that yeah. everybody uses it, but it's like, you're using it like for, I don't know. It's like usually for obviously entertainment to be funny and things like that. But it's like when you're really trying to connect with somebody, like it's very hard to connect with the, the AI voice, obviously over <laughs> a real person. And as voice actors, like, I feel like we have such a big responsibility. Like we influence so much of what you and everybody, all consumers do every day. Like we influence what you buy. We influence what you want to watch on TV. We influence like what movie you want to go to. We influence who you vote for in an election. Like there's so many, the way you feel about a brand, like there's so many things that we influence. So I take that really seriously. I'm, I'm like very careful about what I voice and what I don't voice. I actually just turned down a really big commercial opportunity uh, for a company that I just, I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable like voicing for them. Um, but yeah, we have so much responsibility and I feel like it's so much easier to connect when you're just being a real person. And I'm just like, this is, I've just gotten to this point where I'm like, this is me. Like, take it, leave it, love it, don't. Like, it's, like I said, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, but it's me and it's real. And I want people to feel like they can connect with that because I'm not, like, really, even when I'm doing characters, I'm almost like, I'm not even pretending. I'm like, or I'm just thinking to myself, like, okay, if you really were in a zombie apocalypse, like, if you really were in a zombie apocalypse and all you had were your dogs, like, how would you be? Or if you were a doctor and you had to talk to someone about their cancer diagnosis, like, how would you, you, Gina, like, how would you be not pretending to be some doctor or pretending to be some fighter in the apocalypse? So bringing myself to everything, it's been like super nice for voiceover, but it's actually been like very nice for myself too. I feel like it's really helped me personally, like mentally and like emotionally, you know, in a lot of ways to just kind of be like, oh my gosh, like this is me. Wow. Hi. <laughs> I think it's so interesting that like, we don't even like see the people behind the screen or whatever, like it might have that voice, voice mm -hmm. acting, but they still influence our beliefs and our actions so much and mm -hmm. so strongly and their decisions to voice to voice over mm -hmm. whatever that idea is can change our entire perception as well as theirs um before we end off the uh end the podcast we have one more question what is your advice what is any advice you would give to someone who's interested in voice act voiceover acting or just advice in general i mean my advice is if there's something that you want to do like a I really feel like you should try to pursue that and not be swayed too much by people around you who try to put you down or tell you that it's too hard or that you can't really make it because, you know, a lot of times people have ulterior motives when they're saying that um, or they just think they're looking out for you, but they don't really know. So if there's something that you're interested in, whether it's voiceover or any kind of career, I think it's good to try to get information online. There's a lot of free resources out there. And just try it. Like the worst thing that can happen is you don't succeed. And it's like, okay, fine. So it didn't go well. And you can either keep working at it or you can shift gears. But there's nothing so terrible that could come from trying. I just feel like there's so many times I coach people, especially adults later in life. I mean, literally people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, like retired, who are just like, now I want to try it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish you had this conversation 40 years ago. So it's really to just go after it. And sometimes you're going to hear negative opinions or you're going to have people around you that aren't really lifting you up. And you just kind of have to find the right people and find the strength to push through and do what is in your heart. And I know that sounds like really cheesy, but 
I know sometimes we just get affected by other people's opinions, whether it's our parents, our family, our significant other, our friends, whatever, you know, worried about what people might say online. But I just think it's so worth it to put yourself out there because what could happen can be amazing and life-changing. And the only person holding yourself back oftentimes is you. Yeah, I mean, like you said, as cheesy as it sounds, it's so sometimes it's just hard to remember to think like, do we just have to put ourselves out there? Yeah. See what we can do. Yeah, it's so cheesy. But I always tell people like, just be yourself. Like, I know that sounds so dumb. Like, just be you. Like, obviously, but I'm serious. Like, it really, like, when I first started in voiceover, I used to think I was like so sarcastic. Like I was like, haha, I'm like sarcastic and funny. And I like make fun of people. <laughs> and like, that's kind of who I am. And I went on Facebook and I asked everybody to describe me and everyone was like, you're like so friendly and warm. And I was like, really? And I kind of realized that the, sar that the sarcasm was a defense mechanism for a lot of things that have happened in my life and people that have done me kind of wrong. So I just kind of let it all go over the last three years and was like, you know, like I said, I'm just going to be me like what's me behind the wall behind all the defense mechanisms and it's like amazing you know so I just try to encourage people to do the same you're right it's cheesy but I'm telling you it's the way to just embrace what's special about you and try to do what's in your heart and not let all the noise of the outside world stop you or keep you down because you can achieve I, I sound like so cheesy but I'm serious you can achieve like really amazing things when you put the faith in yourself and you just step forward it like in that direction of your dreams. I think a lot of people, including ourselves, need to hear that. Um, a lot. We kind of always like have that facade of, you know, there's a certain limit to what we can do and we can't go past that. But as you said, as long as we're ourselves. Yeah, you can do so many things. That was one of my favorite things about like directing with theater. I would always tell the kids, like, I don't care if you're the most talented singer I'm not I'm not here to make stars like I'm here to help you be your best self and show you that you can do more than you thought like you you know even like hitting the high note in a song it's like you don't think you can do it I'm telling you you can do it you know or even with voiceover like you can do these amazing things that's the best part of directing and coaching for me is not like I'm not here to like make a lot of money doing coaching and I'm not here to like make superstars I just want to show people that like if they would just put the faith in themselves you really, your whole life could change, honestly. So I'm glad that it kind of resonated with you and you didn't think it was totally <laughs> cheesy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so easy to forget how how far we can actually push ourselves. So with that, I think we can close off for today. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. You're both so nice and I like wish you both the best and I'm happy to stay in touch with you. I would love to hear how you're both doing. The podcast is great and I'm really grateful that you wanted to talk to me today.